Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Welcome to the NHS Employers Virtual Board podcast series. In this episode, you will hear from Steve Shrub, who is Chief Executive at West London Mental Health NHS Trust. Steve, could you start by telling us a bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, hi. Um, good morning, or in fact, good afternoon. Um, so, I'm the Chief Executive of West London Mental Health Trust. I've been here for just over a year. Um, I've worked in the NHS since I was about 18. So, I started as a domestic, then became a nursing assistant, then trained as a nurse, then trained as a cognitive therapist. Uh, then went into management uh, uh, and then worked my way up, I have to say, through the general management training scheme, fairly rapidly to become an executive director and then a chief exec. So I've worked at a chief executive level for probably over 15 years, maybe close to 20 years, predominantly as a chief exec in mental health trusts but I have had jobs uh, at that level outside of uh, uh, the NHS. So I worked in the National Institute for Mental Health uh, as a director. And obviously my last job, I was uh, the director of the Mental Health Network and the NHS Confederation. What does health and wellbeing mean to you in your organisation and what impact has this had so far? Yeah, I mean, I think... uh, I mean, we start from a very uh, a very simple um, premise, and that is the trust's most valuable resource is its staff. So I think I think that's true across the whole of the NHS, but particularly true in mental health, where we don't have big machines with flashing lights, and uh, 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 we don't have uh, often huge uh, uh, support systems, path labs, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, the key is our staff. Uh, human beings interacting with our customers, service users, patients. So for us, uh, we start from that very straightforward premise that the single most important resource we have are the staff. Um, Obviously, we believe there is no staff well-being without mental health well-being. So you won't be surprised to know that we put a particularly strong emphasis on on the mental health well-being of our staff and uh, we, I'm blessed with an extremely impressive occupational health and counselling service which uh, we've continued to invest in. But, but central to well-being we believe is engagement. Um, so obviously it's important to help our staff eat healthily and tr- be physically well and you know that is important because obviously uh, uh, particularly nursing is a, is a particularly demanding job. But central to well-being is, the, is feeling valued, mm-hmm. is feeling uh, engaged, feeling informed, uh, feeling involved. And, and we think that is absolutely central to the health and well-being of our staff. If you know, we can offer them free or subsidised gym membership, we can give them loads of advice on eating five vegetables a day, that comes to nout, in my view, if they do not feel... Uh, engaged, informed, involved. 
I'll be very honest, when I came to the Trust uh, a year ago, this Trust had a less than impressive track record of engagement. And if you can be bothered to look at the last five years of the staff survey, you'll find that uh, 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 West London Mental Health Trust may not have been at the bottom, but it was uh, working hard to get there, um, uh, or not working hard not to get there, whichever way you look at it. Um, so I'm uh, 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 so one of the reasons why I was brought here was because um, uh, uh, the board felt I had some particular skills around that area. Um, uh, so we've begun to think very differently about how we. Uh, create what we believe is the fundamental building block for, for staff health and well-being and that's a sense of being valued, a sense of being uh, engaged. How do we make people who don't get it, get it? For example, if you had received a complaint from either staff or a member of the public regarding the money or time spent on staff health and well-being initiatives, versus the investment in patient-centred care, what would you say? Well, I mean, I actually think, uh, I, I, I struggle to find, I struggle to believe I'd ever get a complaint like that because, uh, you know, uh, most of the members of the public that I meet, uh, most of, you know, either in the form of actual members of the public on the bus on the way home or, or in the form of patients and carers, absolutely understand that the fundamental, the currency of delivery of staff and they know when they've been to a supermarket or they've had been to uh, a tyre place to have their car sorted. They know, uh, uh, you know, the link between uh, well-informed, well-trained, well-supported staff and a good product. Mm. So I, I understand why you're asking the question for the purposes of this podcast, mm. but it, it, I, I've never met anybody that doesn't get it. In fact, it's often quite the reverse. Mm. You know, someone will come off of one of our wards uh, totally, uh, you know, overwhelmed by the dedication of the nursing staff. Mm. You know, often those staff are being worked hard and they're tired and they'll say to me what are you doing Steve to support the staff so I, I think uh, I think you're I think you're on occasions you actually will get it from people within the NHS uh, but I don't so you know occasionally I'll, I'll um, have people come and say to me oh I, I want money to, to have a new doctor here or a uh, to you know, to have a new nurse here, or to uh, have a new piece of uh, IT here, and I understand you've just agreed to spend two hundred thousand pounds on, you know, uh, uh, the fishbowl, mm. the, the the reporters and the reportees, which I can touch on if you want in a moment. Um, uh, uh, and I, but most people, when you present the evidence to them, and and I think it's worth anybody listening to this podcast to to know that there's a huge amount of evidence. My favourite is Michael West, professor from Lancaster, um, but there are others. Um, uh, there's a lot of evidence that actually, without any doubt, draws the link between high standards of care, efficient, effective care, and the, the well-being of staff. Mm -hmm. And I think the way you respond is by having the, com the conversation you, are, you and I are having now, but you lay out the evidence to them. And then I think if they're still resistant, you take them to an example outside of the NHS where they've recently received poor service mm -hmm. or good service. Um, uh, but I, uh, I don't think you find it externally. Mm -hmm. I think members of the public and partner organisations absolutely get it. I think occasionally you do find it 
within your own organisation or with the NHS. Mm. Uh, uh, and I think most people uh, are, are brought on board by uh, uh, very, making, very clearly making the links, but also putting the evidence there. This is not a, a warm, cuddly sort of uh, uh, issue. You can, you can really draw the evidence on a large scale. What would you say are the top three things that have the most impact on staff health and wellbeing? Um, well, uh, in no particular order, as they, as they say. Uh, I mean, I've already touched on the issue of engagement. I think the organisation has to find uh, a number of ways where you are compulsively, constantly, consistently engaging staff. Now, in this trust, we've done something very unusual. We've uh, uh, taken an idea from Harvard uh, uh, called the fishbowl. We've adapted it, so we have 40 reporters drawn from across the organisation. They interview 10 reportees, and that information is fed back directly to the board uh, who sit around the outside, hence the term fishbowl. And from that, we've created a very vibrant programme of change. And as the reporters come to the end of their time, uh, we refresh them. So we've always got uh, uh, about 10% of our workforce being engaged in conversations um, uh, and the programs that come out of those conversations are jointly led by a reporter a member of staff and an executive and that is fed directly back to our board so I think you have to demonstrate that this is not a side issue mm. it actually sits at the center of your OD your organizational development um, I think that's absolutely critical um, uh, and um, we're, we're uh, about nine months into the programme. Uh, uh, people want to come and visit us and I'm stopping them because I want to do it for at least 18 months so you know, I, I, I can genuinely give feedback walks and all. But, but we've, so the, the engine room of our approach is actually the staff. So we've empowered staff to become, to have conversations. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, um, uh, the board and the top of the organisation needs to demonstrate that this is this is important. So uh, uh, the key performance indicators need to address the issue of engagement, uh, need to address the issue of well-being. Uh, they, you know, both proxy indicators, sickness. I mean, NHS employers have been very helpful actually in helping us develop those proxy indicators. Um, uh, I think when executives and non-executives do their board visits, where we have a big program where they go back into the trust mm -hmm. to visit, um, they need to be asking uh, about well-being. Mm -hmm. Where they see examples of good well-being, they need to be complementing it. Um, uh, and then the third thing is me. So as the leader of the organisation, I have to make sure that there is never a conversation I have about how well the trust is doing or how bad the trust is doing without centering uh, our most valuable resource staff, uh, their well-being, and, in, and, and I strongly believe, therefore, their engagement as central. You know, I can't think of a conversation I would have where I wouldn't bring in engagement. So the performance of our the clinical staff, the performance of our non-clinical staff, our financial efficiency. Uh, so the, the, the onus is on me to be able to uh, uh, articulate and link this stuff to uh, our main agenda. The other onus on me is to, as it were, 
hunt down, sniff out those that don't believe in it, those that you know may uh, 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 be cynical, and not not in a threatening way, but to 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 seek them out and to directly engage them in a debate about uh, how they can become part of the process. Um, so, you know, um, previous uh, famous people had education, education, education. For me, it's engagement, engagement, engagement. And I'm absolutely clear and, and very happy to be challenged, really, um, uh, that, that the centre of all of the issues that face the NHS at the moment, uh, 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 you cannot have a conversation about any of those without quite early on in that debate coming up against engagement. How do we be more efficient? How do we innovate? How do we be, be more productive? Uh, you know, uh, all, everything we do. How do we improve patient care? How do we avoid the the really sad incidents that occurred at mid-staffs? You can't do any of that without coming back to staff engagement. I'd also be challenged that staff engagement is, I believe strongly, is the centre of health and well-being. You know, feeling valued. It, it, you know, I, I know a number of staff who have physical injuries, often you know musculoskeletal injuries. I think you can get them back to work if they feel valued, mm -hmm. if they feel engaged, if they feel the organisation is making reasonable and appropriate adjustment. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, you know, so it's for me that sense of being involved and engaged and valued mm -hmm. is is central. It is easy. It's one of the most difficult things I think leaders have to do. Can you command it to happen? No, you can't. Uh, it will creating 500-page policies uh, uh, make it happen? No. Um, uh, you know, is it easy for staff at the front line uh, uh, to uh, engage in these processes during a really busy? Uh, uh, workload, no. So, you know, I think it, it is complex and it is, it is challenging, but I think it's absolutely clear that's the centrepiece of what an organisation needs to do. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to navigate the challenges the NHS has, in fact the public sector has, which is quite rightly raising expectation of the public, mm -hmm. less money, quite rightly a focus on standards of care uh, um, involvement, then it seems to me one of the key tools we have in the toolbox is this issue of well-being and, in, and from my point of view, just to labour it, the issue of engagement.